Alrighty then. Hello everyone and welcome back to The Chiss Ascendancy. We're back. We made Finally. it. Finally. <laughs> Return of the camp. Uh yeah, it has been six hundred years. I feel like my beard is like yeah, infinitely yeah. longer than yeah. it was last time we did this. Um, guys, it's episode 71. 71. Literally been, I looked up and June 8th was the last time we uploaded an episode. Jeez. Um, so life has been super hectic and busy. Samuel is still, um, meandering about the world within worlds in Tulsa. And so we're working still on software. We've got stuff planned out, but he wasn't available to film, but I didn't want to wait any longer. And nope. so... Um, Gotta get back in it. Yeah. Episode 71, we have a lot of catching up to do. There's a lot to do. Um, so, you want to just jump into Bad Batch first? Yes, please. All right. So, we got some Bad Batch-age. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's a word. Um, but yeah, so it's been a number of weeks. So, I guess to catch up, I don't even remember where we were last time that we talked about this. I remember we talked about Bad Batch and War of the Bounty Hunters last time we spoke. Right. Um, but there are many things happening. Um, it's a lot going on. So basically the main, I guess the main development is that we know for sure who uh, is looking for Omega. Right. And <clears throat> we also got some other major players back in the game. Yep. So if you're not caught up on Bad Batch, I guess for, fast forward. I don't know when. I don't know how far. <laughs> right. um, but um, the Kaminoans are the ones who want Omega back, which we assumed. Um, but it turns out one thing that we didn't know, I guess we all kind of were maybe thinking it, but she is the final unaltered Gen 1 clone. Yep. And so they said that uh, the first clone they ever created was Alpha, also known as Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. Right. Um and so, either they made multiples and they've died since. My guess is they only ever made two. I would assume the same, yeah. So you have Alpha, which is Boba Fett, and then Omega, which is Omega. Omega. And so the idea is they want to get her back, get her DNA to be able to still produce more clones. But then once that's done, they want to kill her because I think she's too free-spirited for their liking. Yeah, I've, I don't know. There's something with her that, that kind of like... There's a reason they want her back, not just because she's Gen 1, but there's got to be something special with her. Yeah. That, there's just something that, that I think is still being withheld. I think something, one of the things that is very true to their style is they want to preserve their interests. So I think their thing is if they can prove that clones are greater soldiers still than regular recruits yeah one of the things that they're hurting in is they don't have the material to continue to make clones their their dna is corrupt at this point yeah now normally yeah. you'd go back to the source but mace right. windu made that kind of hard to do so omega would be the she would be the source the material source material exactly yeah. now there's the um lena so i want to say her name is she's the character that's a kaminoan but she is She's the one that's raised Omega. Right. And so she has a whole other set of ideas. I think she just wants to make sure she's safe. She safe. has an attachment to her. So we find out that there's a huge bounty on Omega from the Kaminoans. But there's a second bounty that this, uh, I think Lena So is her name. Uh, she's specifically hired Finnick Shand. Mm -hmm. So 
it's not like Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back, where Vader is hiring, you know, okay, here's the six greatest bounty hunters in the galaxy. Right. You, one of you guys is going to go get me the Millennium Falcon. No. It's the Kaminoans have hired Cat, Cat Bane. Cat Bane. Yeah. So he shows up. Tipping which, his hat to everybody. And, dude, it was sick. Hey, that was pretty sick. Whenever Hunter is like, give me back the girl. And he's like, yeah, once you kill one clone, they're all the same. All the same. That was freaking sick. Um, one thing that I've, uh, I thought it was cool. So Cad Bane's working for the Kaminoans and then Fennec Shand is working for the, on the side yeah. to try to save. So they're yeah. going back and forth. So that's really cool because there's money involved. But it's, I mean, Cad Bane, I'm sure, assumes Finnick Shan's just working for them as well. Sure. But for Finnick, she doesn't get her money if, I mean, she wasn't going to get it either way. But it's cool because she doesn't get her money even if it makes, Omega makes it back to Camino. She's got to specifically make it back to her caregiver. Right. Um, one thing that I had noticed that I was reading online as well is when Cad Bane takes off his hat when he's talking, mm-hmm. he's got this head plate right here. Yeah, I noticed that. And so, for those of you who are outside of this realm of knowledge, there was an unproduced episode of The Clone Wars, similar to before The Bad Batch was released, they had unmade, unfinished episodes, and some of those made their way into Season 7. Um, there was a uh, unfinished arc of, I guess, how Boba Fett kind of rose to prominence in the bounty hunting world, and him and Cad Bane have a shootout. And uh, that's where he gets his famous dent. Exactly. That's where he gets the famous dented helmet. And when they draw, it's like a tie, except for Cad Bane's not wearing a hat. So this whole time, I was thinking, everybody thought that's how Cad Bane died. And when he made his way back, we all were like, oh, I guess that's going to happen in the future, or they're just, that's off the table. But the head plate made a lot of people think, I think this is a really cool theory, the showdown with Boba Fett already happened. And that's just like a bionic plate yeah. you know in star wars you could just like give somebody a new head you know? right right uh, just put richard nixon's head in a fishbowl and <laughs> go about life um but so right now the main thing is um they know omega's on the run right they realize that the bounty is bigger nobody even really cares about the bad batch right now no i think crosshair wants to kill him because they're trying to take him out and he's got that assignment and right. his inhibitor chips being you know constantly updated and and, and more aggressive more aggressive yeah. yeah um that was a great episode that might be my, one of my top episodes today yeah. when crosshair finally gets back yeah. um the ruthlessness of they were trying to uh go into the engines of this old retired mm-hmm. uh frigate you know a yeah. star destroyer not star destroyer but like the uh republic gunship uh trying to get out of there and crosshairs these are his brothers and yeah. he's like Fire up the engines. Yep. I was, was freaking about ready like, to toast dude, I was like, holy crap. Yep. And it was kind of cool because it bit him in the butt. Mm-hmm. And so he was all burned. I thought he was going to die. I was like, holy crap, they're going to kill Crosshair right here. Yeah, they wouldn't have killed him off. But uh, he's got a nice Dengar uh, yes. toilet paper <laughs> head wrap. And so he's he's hunting them down. But the big money is on Omega. Right. And so where she ends up, I guess, is a big deal. Um, and then also... Um, we find out in this most recent episode of Bad Batch. Are you caught up from last Friday? Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, her her knack for strategy is like the best. Yeah. So Sid, the Trandoshan barkeep, um, 
she's made enough money with Omega helping teach, you know, coach her that she wipes out all their debt. Yeah. debt. Yep. So now that unlocks us to be able to move to other places. So yep. I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, <clears throat> well, so the, I guess the, the board is open now. Right. I mean, well, they, they put her in front of the, uh, what's the game called? Um, Dejaric. There you go. Uh, they put her in front of the Dejaric, and they she fights. I mean, I don't know how many people because she draws a huge crowd. Everybody's in there watching. They're amazed. Right. She can't be beat. And then we get to realize that that her her mind is uh, like just crazy expansive yeah. on strategy, and so she's she's just killing everybody. So I'm I'm anxious to see how they use her later on for strategy right. wise, because obviously that's going to come up. Yeah, I think it's interesting because one of the coolest parts of the um, of the droid army was the tactical droids mm-hmm. so like they weren't necessarily out there in the field but they were the ones who were like okay we need to flank here okay now move a garrison here right. i thought that was really cool so maybe she's one of those people where she's obviously not as great of a fighter she's this little girl but right maybe she could be somewhere safe or maybe she's just alongside hunter or wherever she might need to be to be you know safe and she's basically like the coach. Like she's, she's calling the, the shots. She's the tactician. Yeah, that would yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Um, Echo, I think, is uh, finally stepping up. I think he's kind of the voice of reason where yeah. he, if he doesn't like an idea, there's been a couple of times the last two or three episodes where he's like, that's not a good idea. That's not going to work, right. Yeah. And I think that that's really smart. Um, and then, of course, since we've last spoken, we've seen Rex. Yep. Rex has been on the show. Yep. And so I don't know if that's going to be an ongoing thing. Um, we've got, I don't know how many episodes this is now, nine or something Ten. like that. So we've got at least four or five more. We yeah. don't know for sure. Um, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go with this. Are they? I wonder if they're just going to try to finish this whole story in one season. Or are they going to do... Because I know that they were talking about... Um, one Lucasfilm employee let it slip that he was working on like the 14th episode or whatever. And I don't know if that means they'll do 10 yeah. and then Bad Batch will be back in February and they'll do 10 more then or five more. I don't know. But I think that they're finally free to kind of do what they want. Yeah. This last episode, they saw that um, it's not about Republic versus Separatists anymore. It's everybody that's fighting for freedom against the Empire. Absolutely. And so I don't know. The, 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 the board is back open. And uh, the, I think there's just so much more story to tell with Crosshair specifically. There's there's a lot open for Crosshair because there's several episodes where he he's not even there. Right. And so we know something's going on back there, but we don't know what. And so, yeah. You know what else is cool is that his injuries might be what pushes them through the door for the Death Trooper project. That's true. All right, we've talked about that several right. times before. Is it? Yeah. Like he's yeah. not 100%. Might yeah. as well move forward in these, these projects to try yeah. to, you know up his up his ante because hunter is very developed as a character yep kind of hard to develop tech <laughs> just because he's a he's a computer yeah you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know it's kind of hard to explain but um echo's growing a lot wreckers had his order 66 moment and the chip has been fixed yeah. since we last spoke i think um so there's been a lot of headway and crosshair is the one that i really want to know more what the heck is going on i want to know um, I would not mind an episode where we focus on Crosshair. I don't even need to see anybody else. I just want to kind of know what he's going through. The progress. Well, I mean, like you said, we've seen we've seen a lot of of, of all of them. Um, I think even as a team, the foursome that's been together, you know, knocking out quests here and there, trying right. to get things done, 
and then and then we have uh, you know lowly crosshair back here. Where what's what's going on? I wonder also when the chip is activated. I assume it's just kind of like your mind's made up, but there are parts of me that wonders if, like when he sees the guys again, or when he's having to change his stupid, you know, bandage on his head, and he's thinking like, what am I even doing this for? I wonder if there are moments of, because he has a naturally, he he's part of Clone Force 99, he's part of the Bad Batch, he is less conditioned to just accept the way that things are he is a free thinker and i wonder if there's still some of that left i know it's probably less than what he started with you're talking but, about like the like the reverse of what what wrecker had yeah like i wonder if there's moments kind of like you said like exactly like you know how wrecker he hit his head yeah. and it started leaning towards yeah, 66 yeah, yeah i wonder if even though his chip has been activated i wonder if because of the strength of will of his personality are there moments like you know the meme where Wolverine's sitting on the bed and he's holding the picture frame? Yeah. Like I wonder if Crosshair has that picture frame ever and is yeah. looking at the group and is like, "Interesting. What am I doing this for?" Yeah. You know what I mean? There's got to be something that takes place. I think it would be cooler, as far as storyline goes. I think it would be cooler for maybe they have the surgery to remove the chip to free Crosshair, but I think it would be neat if it was equal parts surgery and free will. Like he fights against it and gets far enough from away from their influence to find the rest of the crew and be like, you know, something's been wrong with me. How do I get this thing out of here? Do you think that? Um, do you think that they'll ever capture him and just forcibly remove it? Maybe mm. to kind of bring him back. Yeah, maybe that's their big, like their last big arc that ends up costing him. I can see them trying to free Crosshair and it, and Hunter and Crosshair die in the same mission. Like crosshair is free for a little bit, and I you have the that. Luke and Darth Vader moment. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, even with free will, I don't think he would really want. I don't know. That's kind of a hard. He one. is kind of the butthole. Of the yeah, he, he's the he's the the one that's you know. Trying to it's keep also like he, like you said, he's the guy that even when there was the chips weren't activated yet. Yeah. he's the guy that's like, I'm following orders. I don't understand your problem. Right. We're gonna kill this young man. Right. Like we're gonna kill this young Jedi. He's twelve. What's the problem? Right. Um, yeah. It would. Uh, it, he would have to have like a. He would have to get the chip out and then get saved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like it, his personality already is so much more towards the dark side of things. Well, that's, that's no what I'm saying. Is like, right. Right. No, I, I think that that's what I'm saying. Is like if they can capture him and forcibly, you know, remove the chip, right. they can deal with him being a butthole. Right. Because they've been they've been doing that for so long anyway. Yeah. But as long as they can get that thing out of them, they yeah. can have the old butthole crosshair back, no problem. Yeah, maybe he's just working. the you know the no nonsense guy of the group, but he's a good guy. Right, right. Because yeah, I can see where. I guess they would need to have a talk with him. They would need to forcibly remove the issue, and then you know start saying things like, "Hey, there's there is a fight out there for us. Yeah, we don't stop being soldiers, but here's what it is. Yeah, and maybe he's the guy, like kind of like Saul Guerrero. Like Saul Guerrero is kind of a nasty guy. Yeah, but he's fighting for freedom. Right, you know what I mean. Right. So I'm really interested to see where that goes. Um, man, there's been so much freaking content since we last spoke, but that's where a lot of the bad batch is going. Um, I mean, we're in July, so August, September, October, November, December. We're less than six months away from the book of Boba Fett. And, and oh, one of the things that I saw about it is they said that it was gonna be super gritty. 
So I don't know what that means. What's that mean? I, I don't know. But they said that the Book of Boba Fett is going to be grittier than Mandalorian. So I'll probably like more violent. Probably a little bit more violent, which I'm down for. I want more violence. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to start this show off with him just decapitating someone. <laughs> like, it's just the book of Boba Fett shows up, and then we leave the trailer, and Boba Fett's just, like, sawing someone in half. Oh I want God. some carnage. Um, yeah. It's interesting, because I want to know where, like, okay, so if Omega is safe now, Cad Bane's probably still on the hunt. He's not going to give up. Oh, no, he doesn't stop easy, so... So... In Clone Wars, Boba Fett's not a fan of the clones. Right. He's like, we ain't not brothers. Um, right. But I wonder, does he feel any kind of kinmanship towards Omega because she's unaltered and she's different? Does he even know about her? No. I guarantee you he doesn't. So. But it's kind of weird, okay? Like, you know when you're growing up and you have siblings? Sure. And you can beat the crap out of them because they're a church sandwich. Right. But if somebody else has a problem with right. them, you have a problem <laughs> with that guy, you know? I don't, I don't think he would be like that. No? No. No. You know what I would freaking be sick? It's a cartoon, so they're not going to do this. What? But if he killed Omega, he was like, there's only one unaltered clone of Jenko Fett, and it's me, Boba Fett. Dude. What that voice would be is sick. that? I don't know. That's, my, that's me trying to be Daniel Logan. <laughs> Oh, dude. Yeah. Daniel Logan's the guy that played Boba Fett in episode two. Yeah. And he came back and did the voice of Boba Fett for Clone Wars. Yeah. But man, this guy's fighting tooth and nail to get back as Boba Fett. I remember, like, it's funny because he's friends with Tamura Morrison. Okay. But he was like, you know, because he still has a very high voice. Yeah. He's, I think yeah. he's like, he's got to be like, man, 30, he's 35 or 40. Like, okay. he's He's not a young guy anymore. As far as, like, his voice sounds, sure. you know? But he still sounds like the teenage... He could go into their booth today and be like... He'd still have the same... Yeah. I'm 12 years old, Boba Fett! Oh and God. so, it's funny because he was like, you know, Boba Fett probably going to be in The Mandalorian. So why not bring back Boba Fett? Daniel Logan as Boba Fett. And then, of course, you know, Timmy Morrison did it and freaking killed it. Oh, dude. Um, he just now stopped filming. Who did? Timmy Morrison for Book of Boba. He just wrapped. He said it was seven months straight of filming. Dude, it's gonna be raw. Dude, I'm I'm pumped. I heard a rumor that his rival, like when he's establishing himself back on Tatooine, okay. is gonna be a hammerhead character. Like you know the guy that was playing chess yeah. against Omega, oh, yeah. like one of those guys. Interesting. I would die if I saw one of those on live action again. Interesting. Sick, right? Yeah, he'd be cool. I'm down for it. Um, and then I guess um, what we were talking about is we'll do a little bit of a High Republic run through right quick, mm -hmm, sure. And then we'll we'll do some speculation on Vision because yeah. uh, Visions just came out as far as the trailer. Um, but so here I was thinking War of the Bounty Hunters was like one line of comics. So I was like, oh, when's the next War of the Bounty Hunters going to come out? So I Googled it. And it was like, War of the Bounty Hunters is a multi-comic series crossover event. Here are the ten books you have to read so far to be caught up. And I was like, Wait, ten? What? So I was on my iPad like, purchase, 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 purchase. <laughs> Luckily, they're like two or three bucks a piece, sure. you know? Um, but I'm caught up as of today. Nice. So I've read the first... So you read like the first ten. And the cool thing is, when, you're, when you get to the last page of the comic, it'll show you like what you've read and then what the next one is and then what's coming in July, August okay. and stuff. So the list goes all the way to like December Jeez. until we get to the end of this thing. 
Man, they're taking all kind of your money. I know. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, Joe, you know how it goes. What have I done? Han's going to get to Jabba's palace. Exactly. What exactly. are we doing? But it is pretty cool because you get to um, you get to explore some characters that are in comics well, that are a lot more detail else. that we don't know about, you know? And yeah. That's, that's, I think that that's what I love about the whole Star Wars universe is no matter how many times they throw something at you, it's right. something new that's, you know, just kind of connecting some more dots. Yeah, so. yeah. The... Um, one character that I hadn't really read about before is a character named Valance, and he is a guy that Han Solo meets when they're just uh, like little scrum rats joining the Imperial military, like right off the bat, like yeah, real young true. guys. Um, and apparently, he is like basically like ninety percent cyborg, like ten percent human, okay. and so it's crazy because. He's reluctantly partnered up with Dengar right now, and Dengar's trying to hunt down Han Solo to deliver him to Jabba or deliver Boba Fett to Jabba, whichever one pays more. Sure. I guess the Boba Fett bounty is higher. But then Valance, I think that's his name, he he's working with Dengar to try to make the, the cash to get Boba, but he secretly joins forces. I think he leaves um, Dengar behind. And ask Chewbacca, can I help you? Because he owes Han from like years back. And then, but he's a bounty hunter. Sure. Um, and then Chewbacca's like, the best thing you can do is stay out of my way. Oh, another cool thing that shows up is, um, you remember in Solo when they free all the slaves and stuff from the the mines on Kessel? Right, right. And there's the big shootout and stuff. Yeah. You remember when um, Chewbacca's getting ready to leave and there's that other Wookiee that has, like, the more yellow face. Yeah. And they, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hug, yeah. like, with their yeah. foreheads. So that Wookiee's name is Sagwa. And Sagwa shows up in the comics. Interesting. And he's a bounty hunter. And he's got a cool, like, he's got... So Chewie has just the bandolier. Yeah. He has a double bandolier with one has a shoulder blade. Nice. So it's pretty sick. And he's got a big blaster rifle on his back. And so he's working on um, Nar Shaddaa, which is, like, the a home Wookie of the Huts. bounty hunter? Yeah. That's pretty real. Dude. Yeah, it's pretty sick. And then he ends up being like, well, this is a waste of my time. I need to do what you guys are doing. So he joins the rebellion. But it was cool to see him again and kind yeah. of reunite with him. That's really cool. Um, so one thing that stood out to me, though, not one thing, a couple of things, but the cool thing that I thought was this character showed up. So that's that's Valance right there, the Captain America Terminator looking guy. Um but this character here in the red box, I guess if you're only listening to audio, there's a character here that's a part of like a cartel or whatever, and I can't tell if this character's a Bothan or not. But I haven't seen a Bothan since they talked about Bothans in like episode yeah. six. I can see that. Like since Disney made the purchase, for whatever reason, there's yeah. no Bothans. Interesting. Like I don't hear about them in books. Right. I don't see them in comics. So as soon as I saw this, I took a screenshot and was like, is that a Bothan? I was reading this on July 4th, so I was excited. Um <laughs> Also, up until this very moment, I didn't realize this guy was holding a pipe. And I was like, how long is this guy's clip? <laughs> <laughs> 700 laser bullets. <laughs> but He's yeah. got more of, a, uh, more of a Punisher look. He does you know? have a Punisher look. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he ends, I guess he's kind of like a, he's a good guy like in some Terminator. sense. Yeah, he has the Terminator eye. That's kind of cool. Um, it's cool because him and Dengar are arguing, and he wears gloves, but I guess his hands are robotic. So him and Dengar are arguing earlier in the book, and he's like, and like squashes his hand. Um, and then the other thing that was really sick, again, this is a crossover event. Yeah. So this 
is from the Bounty Hunters series, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then in Dr. Afra number 11, Dirge is back. Dirge. So Dirge shows up. I guess I won't go into detail what happens because this literally just came out like last week. Um, but dude, how sick is that? He's huge. He's massive. He is huge. And so he's um, basically Dr. Afra and Sonastaros, these two characters here. They're hunting for a bounty that he's also hunting for. And so Sonastaros, she's this girl right here with the green yep. jacket thing on. And then her and Dr. Afra, they're... It's kind of strange that they did a good job of leading up to this meeting. Remember Crimson Dawn and yeah. Kira's character? Yeah. They're doing this big auction. Um, they did a good job of, like, these two characters have no idea what that is. Dirge has no idea what that is. Okay. But they find ways to integrate little stories and, like, you know, someone robs somebody and in there, there's the invitation from Crimson Dawn. So, like, stuff like that happens. So, this is also, I'm all the way caught up in the. I guess the auction will probably take place in, in War of the Bounty Hunters Part 2, which I think comes out like this coming Wednesday. Sweet. Um, but basically so every... So you to get caught up. Yeah. Gotcha. You got a couple of days. Um, and so it's, it's a pretty good story so far, though. I'm really interested to see... Um, it's called War of the Bounty Hunters, but there's a lot going on. Like, um, Vader's, Vader's involved. Um... There's a part where so okay, God, this is there's so much information right now, but you remember <laughs> you remember in Rise of Skywalker, okay, episode nine, they're looking for the dagger, yes, to find the Death Star. Right, we're not going to get into how silly that was, but right. um, so the guy that had it, his name was Ochi of Bestoon. Ochi. They're looking for his Ochi. his ship. Remember, right. right? So in the comics that I'm just now catching up on for War of the Bounty Hunters, Ochi of Bestoon is an assassin that's like a Sith loyalist mm -hmm. that works for Palpatine. Okay. And so I remember seeing clickbait for this, but it was from channels I didn't trust, so I never clicked on sure. it. Sure. Okay. So now I have to go back because I read Darth Vader like 10, 11, 12 or whatever, getting ready for War of the Bounty Hunter. Sure. And I just happened to miss Darth Vader like 6 through 11 or whatever from 2021. He, he finds Exegol. And he goes to Exegol. Really? And Ochi of Bastoon is sent there by the Emperor to kill him. Or to challenge him or whatever. I don't know the details because I just sure. now bought the book. But basically, he had just gotten back from there at the beginning of this storyline. Wow. And he was like beat to crap. The The Emperor had like shocked the freak out of him for like to like submit him. Yeah. And so there's like a whole new level to their relationship. And in, in this storyline now, Vader realizes that between him and the Emperor, he's clearly the lesser. And between him and Luke, he's going to be the lesser soon. And at this point in the game, in the comics, it says if he can't turn his son, he has to eliminate him. He's going to kill Luke Skywalker yeah. to save his place on the board because he's nowhere near the Emperor's power level right now. Yeah. Wow. And so now you have freaking uh, so Ochi and um, Vader are trying to hunt down Luke, and so they happen. So their storyline is going following this place, and that's how they find out about Crimson Dawn. So it's like all these different side missions right. that bring people to ways to find this auction. Yeah, it's it's freaking wild. Well, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like how how Star Wars will throw 
comic books at you, throw you know right. books or movies or yeah. whatever, and and it just it all just interconnects. Yeah, so like just, Solo oh, is important. Awesome. So yeah. Sagwa from this is important because of Solo. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then Crimson Dawn and Kira is important because of Solo. You wouldn't even know who Oche Bostoon was except for he's right. mentioned passingly in right. Episode Nine. He's wearing, I think, the mask that he wears is a mask that used to be like a type of uh, Sith artifact. And because he's like a freaking, you know, Sith occultist, yeah. Palpatine gave it to him as a gift. And that's like what he wears into battle. So that's freaking sick. Um, so it's just all these, like, that's old comics. Yeah. And now they're using that for this. They're and then all, everything right. ties. And yeah. then you have Dirge, who's from like the 2003 right. animated Clone Wars. Um, so it's just this big thing. And so IG-88, obviously right after he's been hired by Vader, now he's out from under contract because Boba Fett, you know, right. delivered the Falcon or whatever. So IG-88 attacks Vader on this one mission and, um, someone gave, um, I'm just throwing information out there. So you're, there's, these are things that are going to be crazy when you read it, but yeah. I'm filling you in. So, uh, but he has this remote. He freaking hacks Vader's mechanics in his in his suit. So what? Yes. So all the mechanics in his suit are like impenetrable, except for one of the people who's part of like this dark council that works yeah. right underneath Palpatine. Once Vader removed, because they feel like wow. they can overthrow the Emperor, but they can't overthrow Vader. Is is too? Um, he can't be beaten one-on-one, but the Stark Council can take him out and then overthrow the Emperor and then have a world for themselves. Interesting. So these random dudes, um, one of them I recognize from the movies, but there's these other characters I have no clue who they are, and they're like some secret society or whatever, the okay. Illuminati. And um, they hired IG-88 to try to kill Vader, and he was like, he's unbeatable. But they're the ones that gave him the remote. To so just, he pretty much just hacks his suit. Dude, he had him just like pause like this for like five panels. And wow. then Vader uses the force to bring the remote to himself and unlock his hand. And then he cuts IG-88's head off. Wow. And then he destroys the remote. And so IG-88, of course, repairs himself. Sure. And then goes to his masters. We don't know who they are. And then it ends up being these guys. And he's like, he is, he cannot be defeated. And they're like... Yeah, it takes all of us. We're going to have to do this. And once we overthrow Vader, then we can overthrow the Emperor. So there's this whole other tangent they're about to go on. I didn't realize that there was so much um, working against the Emperor. I mean, obviously, you know, the rebellion and stuff like that, but... But like, there's so I would have many thought if people. you worked for him, you'd be like, "I'm happy right here." Right, right, right. But no, yeah. they want to run the whole thing. Interesting. That's really cool. Definitely need to catch up on those. So it's all in this thing. What I'll do is I'll send you a screenshot. Go of. It's on, um, I just found it on Wikipedia, okay. but it's a list of like, here are the events leading up to the storyline and it's a, it's a graph and everything that's in green has already been released. I gotcha. Okay. And then the other book is, I'm going to about to get into maybe tonight or tomorrow is when Vader is on Exegol Dude. and he really, it says in the, uh, when you very first started comic, especially in the main Star Wars line, it's got the rolling yellow letters yeah. like you would for yeah. a movie and it's like. Vader now knows his place. So something happens in this that okay. really cool. turns it up. And then in the High Republic, a couple of different things happened. So the release of The Rising Storm was this past Tuesday. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm probably about 30% of the way through. Okay. Some pretty cool stuff is happening. I don't want to get into details because we'll do a review later. Um, but, uh, yeah. S- why... 
this is the same person as this. If that's, unless she gets a saber from someone else, this is the wrong color. Interesting. She's supposed to have that purpley color. Um, what is your what is your take on the High Republic so far? I, I mean, like I, it. I know that's a big question, but I like it. I like the freedom it gives us. Um, I like the style of the Jedi. Okay. I like that they have a big commitment. Um, the Jedi that we get in the prequels, even though it's cool to see a bunch of Jedi, we kind of are seeing them at their lowest point. True. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's not like they're so bad that they're tanking for a high draft pick. <laughs> it's that team that thinks they're going to make the playoffs sure. and they're not good as they think they are. So, at this point, they are the strongest group of people in the galaxy. Like, the Sith are, are still very laying low. So, this would have been... I don't, I don't know how the timeline That's is for canon as far as how far back Darth Bane was and how they're laying low. I don't really know how that works because they said that the Sith hadn't been seen for a millennia in episode one. And right. this is 3,000 years before. So the Sith could still be around, I guess. Or they've been laying low still. I don't know what their timeline is for Darth Bane. They so this said. is like the high point for the Jedi versus... Oh, this is 200 years. I'm sorry. This is 200 years before episode one. So the Sith are laying low. I don't I know gotcha. why I thought it was 3,000. I gotcha. 200 years before episode one. Um, the Jedi are just different. They're, they're not... Um, they are more in tune with the Force. Okay. Remember how Yoda says we need to inform the, count, the Senate that mm-hmm. our ability to use the Force is diminished? They're just the way that they exist is different. Like Avar Chris, she's not on one of these, but she was the blonde girl from the first cover. Yeah. Um, she everything she feels in the force is like a harmony. And so in the comics, um there's a character um who's a Padawan who is this you can't even it's very ambiguous, but this chick right here. <laughs> um <laughs> She uh, basically allows herself to be uh, attached to the dream gear because they're kind of like hive mind. Right. And her idea is if I can get inside their mind, I can save my master. And if I, but once she's in there, she realizes that it's, um, they'll communicate on this, imagine like the internet, but it's just one hive mind of people. And so imagine being able to travel within the internet to like another place. Yeah, I got you. So her thought is if we can find the main, they call it the great uh, progenitor. I think that's how you say that. Um, If we can get to this place and kill this one, he or she can't send their life force and signal. It's kind of like in episode one, they had to blow up the starship to get rid of the battle droids. Right. It's very similar to that. I got you. Which just made this a lot less exciting because now I know how it's going to go. <laughs> um, but um, Avar Chris, the way she sees the Force is like a melody. And so when she is um, when she is doing stuff in this comic, this is from High Republic number 6, came out this past Wednesday. Um, when she is communicating with the Force, she realizes that this Padawan's song, like their aura... Um, her song is within the song of the Dringir and that's how she knows that she's been taken over by the Dringir so it's like so different from the Jedi we've seen before Um, like Yoda's still around Um, do you think maybe in the book today it talked about the three Grand Masters so in the movies 
is just Yoda, yeah, and then right. Mace is kind of like a very close second. Yeah, right. But then in the first round of comics, there were two Grandmasters. Right. And then in the book today, it was like, yeah, the three Grandmasters of the Jedi Council. Interesting. So I think that, but that kind of is just a microcosm of how the Jedi work. Like right. they're all very harmonious. It's not one person. It's like spread out over a group of people. Um, they're well. very like, uh, you know, part of it's because we're seeing life through the lens of the Skywalkers and Anakin's very like rambunctious and he right. knows his power and he should be the certain place. So we only get this one glimpse of the, the universe of the Jedi. And of course, Ahsoka's, her view is very agitated at times, I think partially because of her proximity to Anakin and his yep. emotional style. But these Jedi seem to all just, they all really get along. They all respect one another. There's not like, um, they don't think they're better than they are. They're very on edge. Um, they're very like... It's more of an humbling type thing. They're very kind of like, um, uh, what's the word for it? Um, it's, they're, they are very like respectful of their place. Yeah, they know yeah. that they have a ton of power, but they're not power hungry it's yeah. like, uh, and they've not been politicized yet. Well, that's what I was going to say earlier. I said you can see it coming on. Do you but think not that, there that, yet. that that's probably the downfall is is making them more uh, politicized? Um, I think their downfall was that they got very pious, and they're very like, well, it is because it is. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Um, and so they're in the High Republic. They seem very. Um, there's no task that is below them and there is no task that is too great for them because the force is their ally. Like the way they talk about the force, it's like, it's, uh, it's this bigger. Is, this is a poor metaphor, but it sounds to me like they're almost like hippie-ish. They're just like, yeah, man, let's do this. Like, they're just so like, they are, they're all in tune. They're very like, yeah, like I can do whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. It's, it's interesting because their style is very like, uh, uh, if the force wants us to do this, then we're going to get it done. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but their abilities are different. Like, I don't want to say a spoiler, but there was something that a, a, a Padawan did in the book I was listening to today. Because like I said, I'm about a third of the way through the Rising Storm. A Padawan does something that I was like, I've never seen anybody do that before. Just they're, they're, the way that they're attuned to the Force, this is the Jedi at their peak. And, you um, can spoil it for me. I'm, I'm intrigued. Okay. So if you don't want to know, skip forward like 45 seconds. But there's a Padawan. Go ahead. Skip forward. Uh, there's a Padawan that he uh, he's in severe peril. Okay. And um, he has been, he's in his ship and the Nihil are attacking this big science boat. Okay. That is like the prize of the Republic at the time. So he's trying to defend it and they shoot him with a harpoon. And it goes through his stomach and is like pinning him to the ship. Yeah. One, his master uh, uses the force to find shrapnel within his ship and fill and put them toward the hole where the harpoon came through and then allows the vacuum of space to put those pieces of shrapnel into place to create a seal so that what? he doesn't get sucked into the vacuum. Oh my God. Right? So yeah. it's like almost like welding yeah. in a sense. Yeah, yeah. But what this Padawan does is he follows, he's like, he starts talking about how the force is 
Avar Chris sees it as a harmony and what is what is harmony but music and music but vibration. So he follows, he's like totally in tune with the force because he's losing blood. Sure. So he's like, I'm diving all the way into the force. And he uses the force to follow the vibration of the harpoon, following the cable of the harpoon into the ship. And once he's in the ship, he's visualizing where the power to shoot the harpoon came from. And so the power to shoot the harpoon had to come from the gun and the gun gets the power from this relay system and this relay system gets it from this place and this place gets it from the power core and he overwhelms the power core with the force and destroys the ship. Holy crap. Always in a force trance. And then he uses, so since that's been destroyed, the harpoon is now just a whip and he has the handle on his ship and he uses the force to use the harpoon cable, which is now loose in space, as a whip to destroy all of the, like, basically what you would see as buzz droids in episode yeah, three, yeah. off of his master's ship so that they can both get to safety. Holy crap. That's a lot. Yeah. And he's... And that's a Padawan, too. I mean, yeah. that's... That's... Wow. He's... His his previous master was in the other book, and he got kidnapped by the Nihil. And so he was like, you're ready for knighthood. And he's like, I don't know. So now his pastor's been kidnapped and he's he's less sure of himself because he's missing his old leadership Did you say pastor his his master sorry <laughs> same thing um but yeah so that's just some of the things that happened that are just wild um Ugh. i guess last thing i don't how, i don't what's our time like do you know um we're like 40 a little over 40 minutes okay um, so last thing is the trailer sneak peek whatever dropped for star wars visions this week yeah how do you feel about that are you an anime fan to begin with i'm not okay but it's star wars so i'm gonna watch it yeah um i was a little torn because when they when i found out that it's not canon i was like bro come on but but again it's star wars i'm gonna watch it it's i'm i'll give you two reasons why i'm glad it's not canon okay okay shoot me so my exposure to anime is as follows. When my mom and my dad split up, my dad got an apartment. Okay. And so he was, you know, obviously world was shaking up, all that kind of stuff. Sure. And so um, one thing that my dad loves is movies. That was kind of like one of the things that that him and me and my siblings had in common was he would be the kind of the guy that was like, hey, let's go see this movie. Like sure. my mom's not really a big movie person. So we loved that movie Avatar, the blue people one. Mm-hmm. So we were like, wow, we had seen it two times or whatever in theaters. And he was like, oh, wow, look, I want to check and see if Avatar's on Netflix. Well, Avatar, the Blue People one, was not on Netflix, but Avatar, the Last Airbender, was on Netflix. And so we started, but you know my dad, he's like, oh, this is it, and clicks it, right? Obviously, right off the bat, it's not it. Right, it's not it. But we were intrigued. And so we ended up watching all three seasons of Avatar, and we freaking loved it. Like your dad watched it all? Yeah, he loved it. No kidding. Yeah. He named his dog Zuko after one of the characters. <laughs> um, so Avatar was really cool. That's more of an American anime, but sure. it has that Japanese style yeah. to it. Um, I've always been a fan of Dragon Ball. Yeah. And then recently I watched Attack on Titan. And I'm through three seasons. I'm waiting for the fourth season to drop in dub. Um, I know the hardcore fans watch it in sub and just read the subtitles. But my thing is... If I focus on just reading the subtitles, You're it's hard for me so to much. see the yeah. visual. Yeah. So I don't know what the plan is for Visions. I don't know if it's going to be in Japanese or if they'll drop both. 
So for something, I would assume do, they would probably do both. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Um. So I like the style. Um. I like the bravery of Japanese storytelling because they're they're not afraid to just do something really crazy. Right. Right. Um. So here's my two reasons why I'm okay. It's not canon. Okay. Okay. Number one, um, it opens up the scope of what they can do. They're not limited to a specific timeline. If they want to tell a story where Luke Skywalker turns dark and takes over the whole galaxy, they can do that. Fair enough. Okay. Number two, it opens up the door for more non-canon material to be made, and it doesn't have to be canon. So if they wanted to hypothetically tell the story of when the Yuuzhan Vong invaded and Jason and Jaina were the... And, you know, and Anakin at the time right. were the children of Han and Leia Solo, and this is the vein. This goes down. This opens up the door for that to be okay. I got you. And so, you. not that I want to replace the sequels because sure. I, I am a sequels fan, but I think it would be cool. I want to see them explore. For instance, I remember weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ago, like one of the first episodes, we talked about Avaloth when we talked about the ones. Yeah. And Avaloth is that kind of character that has an anime feel to her. Where um, if I see a regular movie and someone just has arms that are – they have extensions to their arms that are water and they're doing like this. I'm yeah. like, what the freak is this? Right. But when you see an avatar and it's a waterbender, right. anime opens up a different part of your imagination that it's okay. And I don't know why that is, but it's just maybe because I've seen things like that before in that animation sure. style already. So to see a character like a story of like uh, – you know, misused power that creates a great evil, you know, an Abeloth type story can be told through some of this anime style and it doesn't feel clunky and it doesn't feel forced. And that's that grand of a story and that chaotic of a character seems to me to be m more believable in an anime style. I'm with you. You know I'm what I mean? Yeah. yeah so yeah, I don't know. You. They're going to do seven stories is what they've said. Okay. I don't remember the name of the stories, but um, I wonder if this is like a one-off, like, hey, we're going to do seven stories, and then we're going to move on. Uh, that's my guess. Do we know, I mean, I, I guess with it not being a canon, it's not tied to any, like you said, not tied to any timeline, but is it supposed to fit somewhere? It doesn't have to, but it can. Okay. So I, th I, I think that they've gone ahead and said this isn't canon, but I think that they can... They, I'm sure they can just say, hey, this is between episode four and five. Sure. And it tells a certain story, but that doesn't have to be canon. My guess is, especially since, you know, kind of like this character right here on the screen that's obviously a Sith, but it kind of has a samurai look to him. Right. My guess is they will go way outside the realm of normal Star Wars, either far past, far future, or like, for instance... um, and there's also different styles of anime. Like this style, I really like. There was a more like, um, oh, what's the, I can't remember the character's name. It's, a, it's an actual show. And they talked about it in the trailer. But there's um, more of like a happy robot looking character. And I'm not really jiving with that. We'll see what the storyline's like. Sure. But this style right here that looks like old school anime looks great to me again i'm i'm not a big anime fan but as i watched the trailer i was i was stoked for it like i'm yeah i'm uh, very intrigued yeah i am too i'm very intrigued um so i think one thing is cool is i know that the show resistance they wanted to kind of have an anime feel to it yeah. a little bit um but i think that the 
the animation looked cool, but the story was so child driven yeah, yeah, that it was kind of a turnoff. Yeah. So I'm excited to have this style of animation, but have more. Obviously, this is going to be for like teens and up. Yeah. And I'm into that. Um, so uh, just to keep us within a certain amount of time. I don't want to come back with like a two-hour episode, but <laughs> if you could, if you could have two stories, whether it's something you already know about and you want to see it on screen, okay. or if it's just something you would like to see that maybe it's too crazy for what they've done so far, but they could do it with this style of animation and it doesn't have to be in the timeline. What are the two stories that come to mind? Um, honestly, I want more of. And I know we've we've talked about a lot of it, and a lot of different ones, but like more of Jabba. Okay. Like I love that'd be sick. How just gritty and dirty, and just like how slimy he is. Yeah, you know, physically and you know morally, morally. But like he he he's just one of those guys that's got so much going on that we don't know about. Right. I'd love to see more of him and his works and his system of, of right. bounty hunters and all these people that he's, you know, got yeah. tied up and with, with funds and stuff like that. I mean, obviously he's got, you know, Buku's of money mm-hmm. with him loaning out and anyway, just, yeah, I want to see, I think Jabba would be super cool because I also, again, we talked about how the comics, you get to see more, you get to see more like little things, that yeah. you might not get to see in a show or yeah. a movie. Because um, you could have 40 issues and they're all 30 pages each. So you have right. so much time and space. Right. Um, the comics have shown me whether the High Republic, um, the Huts are in the High Republic. Obviously not Jabba, but I guess he could be. He could have been around. He's. They're not. They live a long time. But anyways, they're in the High Republic, but then also in the World of the Bounty Hunters seeing Jabba... Um, and he he's so much smarter than we give him credit for or that we see on screen. Yeah. He's one of those characters, like, let's be honest, we didn't know what we, not we, but when Star Wars was being created, they didn't know what they had in a character like Jabba. So it's it's similar to like Boba Fett, Darth Maul, yeah. people like that, that it was like, oh, here's their purpose. And then obviously Darth Maul is like the gift that keeps on giving, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I think Jabba is that similar guy that before he was just this big, fat, slimy slug. Um that pooped out of the very end of his tail. Where do you think he poops from? Who knows, dude. Does he just secrete it? <laughs> That's gross. Dude, the other day I picked up Cash, my youngest son, and we're trying to potty train him. And so he was just walking around the house naked. And so that way if he feels like he needs to poop or pee, he's going to be like, oh, I don't want to mess on myself. Yeah, I'm going to go yeah. sit down. And we have this little like penguin yeah. potty in the living room. I pick him up. And I'm like, oh, are you potty training? And he's like, yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, loving on him, hugging him. And then I put him down, and I walk away, and I'm, I don't know, I'm get, you know, getting a sandwich or something, and I'm like, man, it smells like crap in here. <laughs> and I look down, and I just have a freaking streak on my shirt. Oh. And Cash had decided he needed to poop, but not enough to finish. So he was like, that's enough for now. And so he had just been like, yeah, I'm potty training. Haha, ha, joke's on you, Dad. Mm-hmm. A giant freaking turd rode <laughs> on my shirt. So luckily we were doing laundry that day, and I was like, this is going in the washer oh next. Oh, my God, dude. Um, but yeah, all that from Jabba the Hutt's poop. Right. Or where he poops from. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that to see Jabba would be really cool. And I think it's, it's seven stories that they're going to tell. And I don't know if it's like seven stories in one movie and it's like 10 minutes each or if it's going to be like 
once a week you get a story that's dude i mean how it could be an hour and a half long right. it could be 45 minutes right the longer the better in my opinion i'm 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 all for it so java would be fun okay i'll give you one um i already alluded to this so i kind of spoiled it but i would love to see um the font of power and avaloth and like it would be cool like anime has that style that's like a zillion years ago this happened sure. like um i was telling you I've, I've watched that show attack on titan and um it has a very crazy until you finish the third season there's like this crazy like you don't know what the freak is going on with this certain i don't want to give any spoilers but there's things that are happening that you're like why would this even exist why would this sure. even happen and i think that anime has that mystical you know what i mean like the the far east seems to be like i don't know i, I know that a lot of people think that all life kind of started in africa and of course if you're a christian the garden of eden somewhere in the middle east somewhere but there's just something about like the storytelling that comes from the far east yeah that seems like it's just older than life itself right so it would be cool to see like you know if the episode or movie or whatever was just called the font of power and it was the story of the ones and then you have you know that story of like you have this woman who she crash lands there and out of her desire to be a mother but she's aging because she's a human she drinks from the font of power like that's how abeloth begins is she really just wants to love on the this family for eternity but it's kind of like the same thing of like you know in the bible where moses wants to see god and he's like you can see my back but if you were to see my face it would overwhelm you right it's kind of like that same thing where like the font of power and the font of wisdom or uh, there's two of them i can't remember what they are but i think it's power and knowledge um or power and wisdom or something i remember but there's two that they bathe in and she gets in both of them and it like corrupts her for eternity it's kind of that crazy thing where it's like out of her disparity to be to love but also really at her core is the desire to be loved okay. so she thinks it's selfless but part of it is she wants a place to belong and she creates this crazy eternal being the story of Avaloth is fascinating that's awesome so that would be a cool one yeah alright give me one more just I mean just story I don't know that it would fit with anime but like the the whole Crimson Dawn Oh, that would be sick. Like, I just, I'm fascinated with their stuff, too. Yeah. Just because I know, I know some don't know near as much as what I'd like to, obviously, but, like, I think that uh, throwing that whole Darth Maul, Crimson Dawn. Yeah, how the just... freak did that start? Exactly. Dude, Darth Maul would be cool in anime. Uh, I, I agree with that. I yeah. saw the little bitty bitty snippet of Boba in yeah. the new style. He yeah. looked cool. Um, okay, I'll give you one. I think it'll be cool to see, like, the ancient Mandalorians, like when they were just warriors with yeah, like freaking sticks that. and crap, or this is two for one. It would be sick to see the ancient Sith take over because in the Legends continuity, how it started was on Korriban or whatever planet. You had the actual Sith species who are these red-skinned humanoids, and they had like those red tendrils. Yeah, you yeah, know. And then these force users show up and in, and basically like become their their rulers or whatever, and that's where the term "lords of the Sith" came from. So these these Sith, okay. the, the the powerful dark side users, right. were lords over, over the Sith. The Sith. I got you. That would be a cool 
like an ancient, like a I dark Genghis Khan kind of like taking yeah. over. I think I would really like to see. I love Star Wars. I do. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. But I would like to see like a dark something in badly. I don't know. Like we don't really get that, you know? Yeah. Like Revenge of the Sith ends and the good guys win, but we know four, five, and six were right around the corner. Right. Like there was no way there was like a snowball's chance in H E double hockey sticks that at the end of episode nine. Kylo Ren turns right to the dark side and the Sith Eternal rule forever and right, Palpatine's right, on right, the throne. Right, right. That was never going to happen. Right. Would that have been freaking sick? Absolutely. Yes. But we knew that wasn't going to happen. Sure. We knew going into 9 that Ben either has to turn or die. Yeah. Or both. And so that's how I feel. Is It would be really cool, especially in this like different animation style that kind of, you know, it would be cool, I think, to have that dark, like... Um, like the Joker wins kind of thing going on. I, that I would can be get sick. behind that. Because, you know, like, it's kind of similar with DC and Marvel. Like, before they were these big companies. Yeah. Um, or, not that they weren't big already, but in the early to mid-2000s, before they were, specifically Marvel was putting out, like, blockbuster yeah. after blockbuster. Yeah. But some of my favorite DC stuff is, um, there's a DC animated movie, but it's, it's you know, it's, like, mature content with violence and stuff. But um, it's called Under the Red Hood. Okay. And it's the story of the first Robin who gets beat like senseless by the Joker with a crowbar. Mm-hmm. And to try to resurrect himself, he goes into Ra's al Ghul's Lazarus pit. And instead of just healing him, it like turns him insane. Yeah. And yeah. he's the Red Hood. Like it. it's such a it's such a tragedy, you know. But I would it's, love it's that to whole see. dark side of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna... kind of like Avalok. Like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna try to do the yeah. right thing, and it turns me into this evil woman yeah. that like wants to take over the whole galaxy. Yeah. I would love to see something like that. I can get by that. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be cool. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be. There's, I know off the get, there's gonna be some styles that I'm gonna have to be like, okay, just give it a second. Um, but I do love Japanese storytelling and like there was one guy that was talking it was super hardcore because all the directors that they're talking about they're speaking straight Japanese oh, yeah. and it's like the subtitles uh, but there was one that was like I wanted to incorporate Japanese storytelling of the mountains and it was just I thought it was so cool I love how like um, they're very true to their uh, their heritage their heritage yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah. how would you I think that's very cool because I think um, like I think one of the people's beefs with if you don't like The Last Jedi um, I guess one of the beefs people have is you can incorporate ideas without making the whole movie that turns the whole tide of the franchise a fan film that your idea of a fan film wasn't as good as most fan films you know what I mean like that's, yeah. that's the beef um, but it's cool because instead of it just fitting into one person's narrative there is a genre of Japanese culture that then you you dump Star Wars in there. I don't know. It's very full circle because, um, you know, Seven Samurai and some of those older films mm-hmm. George Lucas has talked about. And then, of course, you know, Dave Filoni as well. Um, I remember in Rebels whenever Maul and Kenobi fight. And I was like, so what the freak was that about? And then I looked it up, and it was there's this whole interview, and Dave Filoni's like, mm-hmm. watch this footstep, watch this footstep, watch this footstep. That's the fight. The fight before the fight is the fight. And here's the mental aspect of it. And here's the mental aspect of 
Maul is still in the Phantom Menace, and Obi-Wan's already at the New Hope when he's ready to give up his life to be one with the Force to guide Luke. Like, it's not just the physical aspect of the fight, but their connection to the Force and mentally... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Maul's Maul's 25 years in the past, and Obi-Wan's eyes are on eternity already. Right. And it's like, that's the difference. And that's why the fight was that fast. super deep with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that all stems from that seven samurai style. And he he even showed a clip in the interview where it's like, you know, just this tiny movement, and then the fight's like two seconds long. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, when they first see it, they want that knockdown drag out. I had a friend that was like, yo, what the crap, bro? I've been watching Rebels because you said this was going to be sick. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> and then I send them that clip. And I'm like, text me in 20 minutes. Yeah. And they'll be like, I'm so sorry, man. This is so deep. <laughs> but that's kind of how I feel. Sure. I think we can get a lot of that rich, very rich storytelling. I would love to have like a director's commentary with these to get that inside scoop. It. You know what I mean? But anyways, I think Visions has a lot of potential. Yeah. I think there's going to be some that we don't like, but I think there's going to be some that are going to be really, really cool. All right, and so we'll see. But, man, we could keep going for, for oh forever. God. I know we got catching up to do. But, um, hey, Bad Batch is still going. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff's going on. So I got to throw this out there. Go I for lo- it. I love Bad Batch. Like, I didn't think I'd be as attached yeah. to it as I am. But I, I totally I, agree. I, I totally dig it. I think that um, the family vibe is cool. I love, you know, there's some shows that I'm like, I don't care about this character at all. But I really like all the characters. Yeah. Um, I like Tech. Um, Tech's probably my least favorite of the crew. Um, but there's, he's, I still like him. But Echo has really been stepping it up the last couple of episodes. Um, and the one who annoyed me from the get-go, from all the way back in just when it was the concept art, mm-hmm. was Wrecker. I was like, oh my god, we got this big dumb guy. Like, this is so annoying. Yeah. But his, I really like his character. And I think that his relationship to Omega is really funny, too. Yeah. And it really, it really endears him to me. Um, and so, of course, you got Hunter, who's like super lovable. And then you, it's just, it's such a complete set of people. Like, Crosshair, you don't like him when he's a part of the crew. Mm-hmm. But as a bad guy, he's a really good villain. Yeah, he's a good bad but guy. But he's also the villain that you're rooting for redemption for. Sure. You know, like. Sure. He's one of those guys that, um, you know, you feel Anakin's manipulated. Mm-hmm. He's the same guy, but even worse. Like, he has no choice. Yeah. He He's no literally choice. being manipulated in his brain. So, I want to see where they go with it, dude. I, I... Uh, but let's let's mention the action in uh, that episode 10 when they're trying to get the uh, the senator out of there. Oh, Bro, dude. They were going to town. I was like, yeah. let's go. I, was, I mean, because, like, I've been looking for some good... You know, hand to hand, or you know, some shooting, dude. They were yeah. sliding across things and blasting people here and there, and and just, uh, dude, it was smooth. Dude, I did love um, their ability to take down the ATTE in like yeah. five seconds. Yeah. Um, we had some great bounty hunter showdown between Cad Bane and Phoenix Shand. Yep. I thought that was really cool. Um, dude, Cad Bane just always has something up his sleeve. Like yeah. she freaking throws him off of this platform, and he's. Got rockets in his boots. Well, like I mean, again, we 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 talked about this. How how uh, you know he he told her it's like you know you don't have the you know the ability to keep up with me or whatever right, whatever right. it is that he says. But yet 
she gets him a oh, couple yeah. times. Like she blasts him and knocks him down, and then she sabotages his ship, and she's gone. Yeah, you know. So I mean, she she gets him a couple times, which I was kind of a kind of a shocker. I know. Again, we talked about this. I know Samuel's going to be upset about that. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think that obviously it's one of those things where you start to write the character to be stronger and stronger. Sure. I felt the same way about Maul and Ahsoka. I think Maul would mop the floor with Ahsoka, but oh, that's absolutely. What it is. Um, but it's cool. I think it's um, but. I thought it was a great balance of, okay, in a knockdown drag out, Cad Bane's going to beat Fennec Shand. That's just how it is. Yeah, absolutely. But she's smart enough and young and upcoming enough and, like, you know, brains over brawn. She's, she uh, can't beat him. She can't beat him hand to hand. But you know what she can do? Sabotage the ship. Yeah. I love that that yeah. was the one up. Because if yeah. it was like a boom, right hook and knocks out Cad right. Bane, I'd be like, okay, that's fake. Yeah. But I thought it was cool that she, she ended up getting beat yeah. hand to hand. So while he's doing this over here, she's going to go and sabotage. I thought that was a good manipulation of the yep. board, you know? I agree. I agree. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens. I'm interested Same. and see where it goes. Um, everything's tied to everything. So I'm starting to – the further we get and there's not coming to a resolution and I can tell we're getting close to the end of whatever this story right. is, whether it's 15 seasons and it's a one – or 15 episodes and it's a one-off or whether it's a – two season thing and we take a break at 10 or 15 i feel like some i don't know is it I tied to more book than of boba fett season you think i would hope so do you think that i've heard um, rumors that people to... think maybe omega shows up in book of boba fett mm. but i just don't see a world where she's relevant to him at this point right i don't i don't see that but that would be crazy. There's, I mean, Star Wars the, does all kinds of stuff. Yeah, knows. yeah, man, it's it's wild. Phoenix Shan's gonna be there, so there's at least one connection. Man, it would be cool if she was like an ally with Boba. Or what if she's not? I will retire from Star Wars. <laughs> I will retire from Star Wars if Omega shows up and beats Boba Fett in the book of Boba Fett. But what if Finnick is just getting close to Boba to keep Omega protected? Like she's loyal to both, but getting close to Boba helps her. She's loyal to Boba because well, Boba saved her life. Think about it. In Bad Batch, but in Bad Batch, she's supposed to be protecting Omega, so she does. Yeah, in a way, she does. She is protecting Omega because... The Kamino when she's working for is wanting to protect Omega. So it's an it's in Phoenix's financial interest to do the right thing. But what if she's still having to do that and now, but she's kind of trying to keep that space between Boba and Omega so mm. she stays close to Boba. Just throwing th- stuff out there. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, so anyway. Now that Cad Bane's alive, Cad Bane can show up in Book of Boba Fett. That could be rad. Oh my Live god. Live action Cad Bane. Jeez. I'm not ready. <laughs> I am not ready. Yeah. I already feel like we're going to get a live action Bosk. And that's going to make I'm me lose my mind. It. Yeah, absolutely. A live action Bosk, a live action um, a Hammerhead character would be sick. Um, Dengar is still. Dengar and Embo are both still alive okay. by this time in the timeline because in the Aftermath trilogy, which is directly after uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. There's uh, the same little snippets that they have where we met Cobb Vanth and them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cobb Vanth. He's totally going to be in Book of Boba Fett. He's a lawman on Tatooine. Tatooine yeah. He had Boba's armor. It, 
He's got to show back up. That, there's no way that they'd make him and, and then what only have the, him in. What if that's the showdown? Boba versus Cobb Vanth? Well, he had his armor. Um, Boba's not really a chaos kind of guy, though. Right, He doesn't right, seem right. like the kind of guy that would be worried about Cobb Vanth, as long as Cobb Vanth's minding his own business. Right. I could see him helping Boba Fett, but I don't think that they'd have beef. I don't see them having Man, beef. Man, that would be wild. That is kind of cool, though. I didn't even think about that. So, I mean, I guess the other hut cartels... It, the thing is, people are going to be trying to get to where... Um, they're trying to. They're going to be trying to get to where Boba is because of the power vacuum that is formed when Jabba leaves. Because Jabba is the head of the Hut Cartel, right? In Legends, the character that scooped up all of that power was a guy named Talon Card. Okay. In Talon Card, oh my God! What? You know who works for Talon Card? Who? Mara Jade Skywalker. Interesting. Mara Jade works for Talon Card, and that's how they're on a planet called Merker, and Luke goes there on a mission, and that's how him and Mara Jade meet. Interesting. Oh, my God. Guys, call of the century. It's Talon Card <laughs> and Mara Jade show up in Book of Boba Fett. That would be sick. That would be super that would, sick. That would be crazy. That's a little out there, but I'm I'm for it. Hey, y'all remember when I said Luke was going to show up on the Mandalorian and everybody thought it was too far-fetched? Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen either, but I'm putting it out there. All right. That's the thing about... It doesn't cost me anything to get it. That's right. That's right. That's so, right. Well, Anyways. I hope you guys are entertained. Thank you guys for tuning in and being patient with us on our long-awaited return. We've been out here for a month. Uh, so don't forget, may the Force be with you always... And uh, if Samuel was here, he yeah, would say, uh, he would have this smirk on his face and he would go, <laughs> the only family you have here is me. See you guys next week. Peace.